Higgins in the backfield. Higgins has time. At his own goal line, he's lobbing it down the near side. It's complete to Wetzel. 40, midfield, 40, 35, 30. He's running to the middle of the field. No one's going to catch him. Five, touchdown. What a throw as Ryan Higgins lobs it to Brian Wetzel. Wetzel makes the grab around midfield, and he does the rest. Fourth down and five here for the Leopards from the Fordham 41-yard line. Three receivers set Smith in the slot to the left. Zweizig, he's looking that way. The pass is intercepted. It's intercepted by Chapman midfield. 40, 30, 20. No one's going to catch him. Jordan Chapman into the end zone. No flags on the play. Touchdown for Fordham. 14 seconds to play. Fordham leading 34 to 27. First down and 10 for Lafayette from their own four-yard line. Four receivers set three to the right side. Shoot from his own end zone. He steps up, beats that grabs him, but he throws it complete over the middle to Ross. He's at the 15, and he's sprinting out of bounds at the near sideline. And he gets out of bounds with five seconds to play. But we do have a penalty in the end zone. Is this a hold the end zone? zone. That's going to be a safety. Welcome inside Studio 3 for the penultimate edition of Monday Night Quarterback right here on WFUVsports.org. I'll talk to Coach Moorhead in a moment about whether or not that's correct English, but I'm Mike Watts. Thanks for stopping by, spending some time with us here. We'll go ahead and talk to Jake Dixon and Carlton Koontz inside the huddle. We'll do X's and O's with defensive line coach Peter McCarthy later. But first, let's begin with Coach Joe Moorhead. Coach, thanks for coming on. How you doing? Doing great. Great to be back. Coach, huge win on Saturday over Lafayette, and it's a game against a Patriot League opponent that you were able to come away with despite trailing early. How big of a win was this for your team and to get a winning season, first one since 2007? You know, Lafayette's always been such a, a uh, you know traditionally strong team in this league, so to be able to beat a team of their caliber uh, was, I think, a, a great accomplishment for our guys. And, you know, the big thing is getting to the six-win plateau and guaranteeing a senior uh, – a um, Winning record for this senior class, uh, it, it meant everything to them. We talked about it all week, and for those those guys to come out on the field and play great in all three phases of the game and you know get that six win, was, it was I felt great for the seniors. So, of course, team is guaranteed a six-win season and a winning season first one since 07. Anyone who's at the game, and there were plenty of people in the stands for this one, which is always good to see on Parents Weekend, saw the golden towels that the team was wearing, and those were for Ty Campbell. If you could just kind of explain the situation around that and, and who was involved in making all that happen. You know, Ty was a young man that the team adopted last year and, uh, you know, it carried over into this season. And, um, you know, Andrew Milmore has done a tremendous job. He organized a um, chapter of uplifting athletes here at Fordham University. And, you know, the, the primary um, goal of that is to raise awareness for uh, diseases that, that maybe, you know, need need more research and, and more attention and, um you know, the gold towels and the gold shoelaces were the idea of the family to, to help raise awareness for that. And, you know, Andrew did a good job organizing it. I think they raised $1,500 at the game. And, um, you know, we, we you know the family was cap- honorary captains before the game, and we awarded the family the, the uh, game ball in the locker room afterwards. So it, it was a tremendous gesture on the part of our team. And uh, uh, it, it was great to be able to include the family in a, in a great day for Fordham football. Absolutely. And, of course, if you want to donate, supertie.org, you can go and, and take a look and, his mom's still posting updates, and it's it's definitely uh, something that you that you that you should go out, give it a read, and uh, you know maybe uh, give a little bit to that cause. But let's go inside the game here. The team fell behind ten nothing in the first quarter. 
at that point in time, were you a little bit concerned that the team just didn't come to play? I was not. Um, you know, they came out and jumped on us quick. You know, they threw the flea flicker there, and, uh, you know, we didn't move the ball offensively. But, you know, our, our big theme throughout the week was we were not going to look at the play before. We're not going to look at the play ahead or the quarter ahead. We're going to concentrate on the play that we were on and, uh, and take it one play at a time until the end of the game. And I thought the team was very resilient. And I think, you know, the offense kind of picked up the slack a little bit in the first half, and, and we went in it, you know, down three. And the defense came out and played lights out, and you know the offense was able to hold on to the lead and control the ball and run it. And obviously Patrick Murray did another, you know, tremendous job on special teams. So it, it was it was a true team win, you know, and, and you know it was, um, you know, the, the, the team did a great job. And you talk about the second half for the defense. What clicked in the locker room? Because it seemed like it was night and day between the two teams. We saw in the first half, and the team we saw in the second half. Um, you know, we went in, and, and Coach Blackwell and the rest of the defensive coaches kind of analyzed what went on, and obviously 10 catching a, bo- a bunch of balls was one of the things that was going on in the first half. So, you know, we made some adjustments to our scheme, you know, talked about the things that we needed to, uh, you know, take away. And, you know, Coach Blackwell really challenged the guys at halftime to come out and, uh, and to win the game. And, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we held them. And, and uh, you know, they got the late score, but, you know, and Jordan got the interception and we got two other takeaways. So it, it was great to see the defense come out and, you know, play well when it mattered. And, of course, this, is you, is you alluded to, Jordan Chapman came up with a pick six, a, a huge one. You heard that in the open, the call from Alex Smith. But, Mike Martin missed this game, and he's usually the guy who makes a lot of those dynamic plays. And this week it seemed like Jake Dixon and Brendan Malanafi and, and Jordan Chapman came up with interceptions and other players came up with some key sacks. So it seemed like the team was able to find the dynamic plays that usually would belong to Mike Martin. Yeah, you're not going to replace a guy like Mike Martin. But, you know, in his absence the night before we talked about the rest of the team, you know, pulling together and picking up the slack and, uh, Forbes and Hodge did a great job with the same linebacker, and the other guys stepped up and, and he, like you said, made the plays that Michael usually makes. And you know, I think a lot of it was, you know, they looked over and saw a guy that had been our leader throughout the season, and you know, got some, uh, you know, strength from him. You know, wanting to play the game for him, and uh, you know, they just defense did a great job. And obviously, I mentioned Jake Dixon. He's just a sophomore. Came up with an interception where he leapt in front of a receiver on the far sideline, and then. Uh, he was good in run support, I thought, as well. What was your take on Jake Dixon's game? Jake played an excellent game. He uh, had the interception, probably could have had another one, uh, did a good job. I believe we limited them to 80 or 90 yards uh, rushing. And, um, you know, when you can control the line of scrimmage, I think we rushed for close to 200, so that that was good. And, you know, Jake's all over the place. I mean, we, Coach Blackwell does a lot of things with him. You know, he plays coverage, zone man, he blitzes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of responsibility when you're playing safety in this scheme. And, you know, he, he did a good job absorbing, you know, the information, you know, during the week and executing on the field. And sticking with the defense here, when you talk about you can't replace Mike Martin, I mentioned some of the dynamic plays came from other places, but really I thought a good job from Kasim Forbes and other players that stepped in in his role at that linebacker position. What was your take on what they came in and provided when, you know, a senior leader like Mike Martin goes down? Th- those guys did a great job, Austin and Jake and um, – you know, Kasim and then the other guys, it, it's, uh, you know, very much a linebacker-oriented off defense. And, um, you know, those guys, like you said, it all starts with stopping a run. And when you're able to limit a, a team like that that has two rushers combined for over 1,000 yards and keep them under 100 yards for the game and, you know, get pressure on the passer and do the things they did in the pass game, uh, you know, it's a tribute to those guys and to our defense. Now let's flip the script, talk a little bit about the offense. Before the game, you told Alex that you thought – 
that Ryan Higgins would have a comeback game here, a nice bounce back game. And he, he didn't throw for a lot of yardage, but he did come up with a big uh, touchdown throw to Brian Wetzel right on the money. What was your take from, from how he played? And did you feel after that interception early in the game that, that maybe he was going to struggle a little bit? No, I, th- I think Ryan had a nice bounce back game. You know, there weren't the number of throws that we usually uh, attempt in the game or completions. You know, he did have two touchdown passes, had a misread on the coverage where he threw the interception. But aside from that, I thought he played a pretty clean game. You know, did some good things in the in the run game, got us into the right protections. So, uh, you know, sometimes a quarterback's uh, contribution to the game isn't always measured in completions or yards. And, he, you know, he did a good job, you know, complementing what we did in the run game. And at the end of the day, we put up the amount of points we did. And, you know, I, I think he bounced back strong from the, from the Bucknell game. It seems like Ryan has found a favorite target on the team at this point. Brian Wetzel came up with another big game here, over 100 yards receiving. He had a couple of scores as well, and, and he's really found his place here as, as a wide receiver in this offense, hasn't he? Ryan's done a great job, you know, since he's, he's got his opportunity to step in in the starting lineup, and it really kind of started in the Cornell game, you know, when, when he stepped in for uh, Nick Talbert, who was out with an injury, but, you know, he's getting up there close to 1,000 yards. He's, he makes a bunch of plays, and, you know, we actually had one more where, you know, we overthrew him by a couple inches where it could have been an even, you know, bigger game for him. But Brian, it really the thing with him is, he really understands the subtleties and nuances of a position and of offensive football. He does a great job of reading coverages. He knows how to, you know, get himself open. And, you know, when you have a guy as trustworthy as him, you know, it's, you know, it's easy for Ryan to throw him the ball. And, of course, it, it's easy to throw the ball to Brian Wetzel the same way it's easy to hand off to Carlton Kuntz. You expect yardage pretty much on every play, it seems. And he broke off a couple of big runs. And in a game where there weren't a lot of first downs and there wasn't a lot of it, it seemed like a lot of total offense, but when you consider that the ball didn't really move upfield very well from that first down number, Carlton Coons really had a great game for you guys, as he seems to have had every game this year. Yeah, I mean, he's you know top five or six in the country rushing yards per game, so he's, he's really had an All-American type of season. And, you know, you know the offensive line, the tight ends, the receivers, they all have a part in contributing to that. But, you know, it, we – um. You know, we were able to move the ball on the ground, almost had 200 yards rushing, and, you know, it was just, you know, we were up there in the first half. I believe we were up there almost 300 yards of total offense, and just the way a lot of that was a product of how the defense was playing in the second half. It got the interceptions, got the turnovers, and we had some short fields, but we'll take that every day. You know, we'd rather drive 30 yards than than 75, so a lot of that had to do with how well our defense was playing. Well, and sticking with Carlton Coons for a moment, you said an All-American type season. Do you think he deserves that recognition? I do. Uh, you know, he's, if if you just look at the numbers, I mean, he's up there with the top guys in the country and he, he's been ultra productive and, you know, he catches the ball out of the backfield when you look at his all-purpose numbers as well. So he's, a, you know, he's certainly, he's certainly, you know, done it for us on the field this season and definitely merits consideration. Now, looking at the overall scope of the game, a stat that, that stood out, I mentioned it earlier, nine first downs for your offense, only 150 yards passing, but a win is a win. Is that essentially what you take out of that performance? Yeah, 100%. You do what's necessary, you know, whether it's, you know, scoring three and holding them to two or scoring 60 and holding them to 59. At the end of the day, the the only stat that matters are the ones you put in the left column. And, uh, you know, we did that. There are no style points. There are no egos. As long as we win, it doesn't matter how many we score or how many we give up as long as we score more than they do. And the other stat that stood out that wasn't really one you wanted to see was penalties. And, in this game, a couple of pass interferences, a helmet-to-helmet hit with one of the quarterbacks. 
Lafayette, a late hit out of bounds. Obviously, those are 15 yards a chunk. And and what do you say to people that, that at this point are looking at that trend? What what do you say to them? It's not a good trend. And, you know, we addressed it again today in, in the team meeting. And, you know, at this point, it's, you know, I told the guys, if it's a flagrant, you know, personal foul and it's something that we can avoid, you know, you're going to come out of the game until I decide to put you back in. So that's a measure we're going to have to take. And, you know, obviously as the head coach, I've got to do a better job and find a way to, to keep us away from committing those types of penalties. So we'll see if, uh, if this uh, preventive measure works. And, Coach, thanks for looking back to last week, and we'll have you on later in the show when we preview the upcoming matchup with Colgate. Excellent. Sounds great. Now let's talk some X's and O's with Fordham's defensive line coach, Peter McCarty. Coach, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Great to be here tonight. Glad to have you on. And uh, let, let's begin with how you got here. And, and I looked at your profile, and, and I'm just going to read a list uh, real quick. Stanford, Georgia Tech, Maryland, Illinois, Syracuse, Central Florida, Holy Cross, Western Michigan, and you graduated from UMass. Where do you put all of these clothes that you get from these schools? The well, jackets, the T-shirts? Well, I, we, we, it just happens to be the other day we were talking about, I put a, pair, a new pair of sneakers on the other day, and Pat uh, McGee goes, Coach, you must have 9 million pairs of sneakers. <laughs> I go, no, I just keep the ones I like. Uh, really, I just, you know, it, when I leave, I leave them with the people uh, from the area and uh, let them benefit from those those experiences. So tell me, when Coach Moorhead was assembling a staff, what brought you back to the Patriot League? 20 years later, you, you mentioned before we went on, after you were with Holy Cross, what brought you to Fordham? Well, I, I had known the school. We had, we had played it when I was at uh, Holy Cross. We played them uh, once here at, at uh, Coffee Field and then uh, one time over in Ireland when we played against them in Ireland. So uh, Coach Moorhead I'd heard through many friends. He was, was a great individual, and, and I, uh, it's bigger than better. And he's a great man, and I'm very fortunate to be around him. But, you know, I thought that uh, a couple of guys, Coach Blackwell and I, uh, had been uh, working together uh, when I was at Illinois, and he was at Illinois State. We had had an uh, acquaintance there, and then Vincent White, who was already on the staff uh, as the associate, associate head coach. Uh, he and I coached together at Maryland. So I think being together with some people that you've been familiar with, and, and I think it's most important in this profession that you're with people that are that you enjoy, and both, both those people were very very accommodating and very friendly when we were together. And uh, I think the, the entire experience has been a great a great welcome for myself, and uh, I'm great to, uh, and happy to be here, particularly with the success that we're having right now. And the team has been successful, and, of course, you're coaching the defensive line right now. You played linebacker in college. Where did you coach when you came up through the ranks through those various schools, and, and how, how well have you been prepared to be a defensive line coach after playing as a linebacker? Well, you know, I think through this profession, you got a coach is a coach, and you can coach just about anything if you really put your mind to it and what what you really want to do. But uh, my early years, I was an outside linebacker coach, an inside linebacker coach, and then eventually, when we got to Maryland, I coached the uh, a drop end and a rush end when we were in one scheme, and then and then eventually became to the coach of the defensive ends, and then went to Illinois and coached the defensive tackles, and then I went to Georgia Tech and coached the defensive tackles there. Went to Stanford, coached the defensive ends, then went back to the tackles at UCF. So, and then, eventually, when I went to Western Michigan, I was a uh, uh, full line coach. So it's been an experience, and uh, it's been a fun time through it, learning a little bit from here, going back and forth, changing it up. I think sometimes you stay at a position too long; it can be very 
stagnant and uh, you're not growing as a coach. And I think through, through the periods of time through my career, I've had an opportunity to be able to uh, get together with uh, and gone out and done some uh, research and development with, with pros and other schools. So it keeps you, keeps you busy and keeps you fresh as far as ideas are concerned. So looking at, at this year's team for Fordham, obviously you've, you've got a lot of experience to work off of. Have you ever coached a bandit before, a boundary defensive end? Is that new for you, the, the term at least? Well, I've coached uh, kids that have probably been bandits in their careers, but um, they have uh, been a situation where in, in times we've, uh, we, in other places, we've played a similar type of style where we've taken the bigger guy and put him at the end position and then taken the uh, undersized player, athletic player, uh, at the bandit. And... Uh, you know, right now we've got two good band, three actually three. I mean, uh, this weekend uh, Anthony Pesinello, uh, 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 Nick Womack went down with a shoulder. Hopefully, we're going to get him back this week. But um, Anthony came in, did an excellent job, and uh, that's part of the thing that we, you can take those undersized linebackers or bigger bat linebackers and make those kind of kind of guys in them. And they've Nick has fit in very well. Bet Rep Bistek, uh, we got him back last week. And, uh, you know, I think those kind of kids are, athlete, are athletic type enough kids that gives us an opportunity to be able to be a little bit more uh, variety-wise in our, in our scheme. And you talked a little bit about Anthony Pesinello. That's a, a guy who really hasn't seen maybe starting time this year in terms of playing time, but he was pressed into service this week and I thought played very well. But the depth of this line has been tested so much this year, and and guys have probably played a few more snaps than maybe you would have liked. Where do you want to see that number for your defensive lineman in terms of snaps played, and, and what have you learned depth-wise about your players with all the injuries? Well, I think the, the guy that's probably had the toughest load to carry is probably uh, DeAndre Slate. Uh, he's a three technique, and he's kind of a – we like to feel like he's an undersized – he's an oversized defensive end from an athleticism, and so – once we lost uh, Justin Yancey in the uh, Cincinnati game, we became uh, a team where we had to move some people around to be able to get accommodate our not only our, our base depth, but also our nickel depth. So that when we were out going to uh, go to our nickel packages, our sub packages, to be able to implement uh, in passing situations, we had to pull from here and there. And then, and then Saturday, uh, DeAndre went down for a while, and Nick went down. So now we, you're talking about kind of moving Peter to pay Paul and, and all that. So it became a little – we got it done and we got through what we needed to do and hopefully we'll get a model back by the, uh, for this week. And looking at the two deep, you, you talk about DeAndre Slate. He'll be back a year from now. Matt Sconiers, Anthony Pasanella will be back next year. But in terms of guys who are seniors, there are plenty of them, and those guys will, will graduate obviously when you look for players as a defensive line coach to bring in – to your program, what are you looking for? What 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 qualities do you look for in a player? I think the first thing you want to know is that he loves to work. Um, I think this game is tough enough as it is without being a, uh, have a coach having to be a heart doctor. We're here to motivate him, but I think they've got to love the game. And if you get a kid that really accommodates himself to being able to go out there, and and I find that from our kids right here, we got great kids. We got tremendous kids. I enjoy them every minute of the day. Um, they want to be better. They want to work. They want to work both on and off the field, through the extra as far as their preparation for a game, not just showing up and you know rolling out the balls as some people might think. But uh, what we try to do is find a young man that wants to work, loves football, uh, has 
you know, great explosion. There's dynamic where there's uh, movements. Got great explosion, uh, good strength, and I think the strength aspect is something that we have, we're, we've got a great strength coach here and Ted Perko, so he's going to develop, and he's done a great job with our kids right now. And I think uh, from an athleticism, athleticism, you, you got to have quickness, you got to have speed. It's game's gotten faster with all the the spread offenses. You got to, as many years ago, Florida State and Nebraska changed their defenses by taking safeties and having them become linebackers, and the linebackers became defensive ends, and the defensive ends and then became defensive tackles. So the game has gotten faster, and so I think as you look around nowadays. Uh, uh, the number they use, 4-2-5 scheme now, which we're essentially now they've taken one linebacker off and put another safety in because of all the passing. So the game is, is uh, you've, you're probably not going to be bigger, uh, as big as, as they once were, but I think you still have to need some, some people inside to be able to anchor down your defense and then get people that can run fast to accommodate them, and, and you're going to send the ball outside as much as you can. Of course, one game left here this season. It's against Colgate. And I suppose one of the headlines here will be, you know, McCarty and, and the defensive line trying to stop McCord and McCarney, the two rushing threats for uh, the Colgate Raiders. And what do you need your defensive line to do to slow down such a dynamic rushing attack that really focuses on the read element uh, offensively? I think we got to do a great job of being disciplined in, in our, our responsibilities, Ella, the dive, the quarterback, and and most importantly, be, be able to maintain our gap integrity because they're going to utilize a variety of different blocking schemes to accommodate what they do. They're not just a – they've got a number of different blocking schemes to run the same play, and, and based on what they see as a, uh, uh, as a front and a coverage, they're going to try to attack it in a specific way, not just your one way that most teams do. I think they've done a great job this year and uh, being able to just go out and – find the best situation for this particular play and, and block it up and, and execute it in a, in a great way. Just look at their yardage and what they've done the last few weeks and the number of points they're putting up on their scoreboard. Coach, thanks for coming on and, and talking some X's and O's, and good luck this week against Colgate. Well, it was a pleasure being here, and uh, I hope that we get a good crowd for the, for the slash game because these seniors have come out and done a great job for our, for our football program, and they deserve to have a, a, a well uh, send-off for them. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, Coach. All right. Now let's go inside the huddle with sophomore safety Jake Dixon and senior tailback Carlton Coons. Guys, how you doing today? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Good. And Carlton, of course, is not sitting where he normally is. He's sitting where the B host usually is. You have been here so many times this year. <laughs> we have moved you into the host seat. Yeah, you know, I just appreciate y'all having me back on. You know, it's a pleasure. <laughs> So this, <laughs> so this week you guys played uh, against Lafayette. It was a big game, not only for the season, but also what was going on outside of the game. You all played for, for Ty Campbell this week. And uh, how important was it, and, and we'll start here uh, with Jake, to, to honor his memory this week through this game? Uh, I mean, honestly, just the battle that he had to go through, you know, personally, just, you know, being that young, going through what he went through, I mean, the kid was honestly stronger than, than me, than Carlton, than our entire football team put together. So, I mean, it was great having his family here. You know, we had a great atmosphere, you know, great fan base for the game. And, you know, that was, that was one of our number one goals, just, you know, go out there and play for him, you know, remember him and, you know, just know that he's looking down on us. And it was, you know, great to be able to get a, a win for him, for him and his family. And Carlton, anything yeah. you want to add to that? Well, I mean, Jake pretty much, you know, hit it on the head. Uh, 
you know, Ty. Ty is a um, you know, he was he was a great kid. Um, you know, fought fought his behind off. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys. Um, you know, coach talks a lot about it. Uh, waking up every day, uh, doing what we love to do. You know, he says, you know, you don't work football, you play football. And you know, there are people out there who have it a lot off worse. You know, a lot of worse off. Um, so you know, and Ty is just an example of that. You know, here's a, here's a kid, you know, fighting his tail off for his life. You know, it was pretty much life or death. So um, you know, God rest his soul. So you know, we went out there. Um, we wanted to play the game for him in his uh in his memory, and um. You know, we went out there and, uh, you know, we tried to play our hearts out and gave it all we could. And uh, fortunately, we were able to come out with the win and, um, you know, just give his family, you know, something to cheer about and uh, something or something, you know, um, make them feel better a little bit. But, um, you know, Ty, Ty was a was a great kid. And, uh, you know, you know, like Jake said, uh, you know, he's looking down on us. So, you know, it was uh, it was it was tough. But thank goodness uh, we got the W for the for the family and Ty. And both of you guys specifically gave that family something to cheer about here this week against Lafayette, a big win. Jake, you finished with a big interception, stepped right in front of a receiver on that play. Take me through that. What what was your read when, when you went towards the sideline, picked that pass off? Uh, I mean, honestly, we we had, you know, game plan that all week. You know, we were in uh you know, robber coverage and you know, I basically I just have that tight end, anything uh vertical down the field, man up and they had actually got me on the same play uh earlier in the game and hit it for about twenty yards, so you know, I gave him a little bit more cushion, kinda, you know, baited the quarterback into that throw and you know, to tell you the truth, it was a pretty bad read on his part, but I mean, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, hey, I'll take advantage of it, you know, I'll, I'll take it, so, uh, but no, it was huge, you know, coming out of, you know, we always stretch, you know, finish in the second half, and, uh, you know, it was great for me to be able to make a play for the team, and, uh, you know, that kind of sparked things, and uh, really uh, took us to the win, so. And Alex and I were up in the booth, and we were looking down, and and after you made the interception, you started running back across the field, and you stopped and had different celebrations, different <laughs> chest bumps for different players. Is that something you planned for, or is that something that just happened? You know what? Honestly, they were making fun of me because I, I picked the ball off, and I literally like stepped right out of bounds. Didn't even try to run with it. So I mean, I, I was kind of looking forward to the celebration, but no, I wasn't. I mean, I lost my mouthpiece. It, it was it was terrible. It honestly. was a disaster. It, yeah, it was an absolute disaster. But. uh yeah, it wasn't rehearsed at all. I had no idea what I was going to do. And uh it's, yeah, I was trying to run to the sideline just to get there, you know, I was you know, panting, breathing hard as hard as can be and uh <laughs> and next thing I know, you know, everyone's jumping on me, you know, I finally break out of one pile, I'm going into another, so but I mean, no, we that that's another thing we stress, you know, just enthusiasm, you know, act like, you know, th- like like he said, you know, we don't work this work this sport, you know, we play it, and, you know, it, it, it's nothing but fun out there and the more we can jump around and, you know, get get crazy and wild, it's better for everything. So Jay coming up with a big interception, had some uh, good tackles on run defense. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Carlton, 189 yards. You, you did it again, I guess would be a way to put it. 31 carries, another touchdown. You broke a couple big ones. And, and tell me what that's like because obviously you've got – slightly above average speed i think that's safe to say but uh uh maybe in centuary whatever you want to say uh tell me uh, about uh breaking off that long run to mm-hmm. to really get things going on offense up the far sideline mm-hmm. well uh i mean um you know the o-line did a great job uh all game so you know it was just a matter of me you know picking the hole making the correct read and you know it would be you know up to the second level so um you know we came out uh the first play Got it, got it going a little bit. Uh, you know, got everybody juices going, some confidence builders. Uh, and then, you know, a couple, I think, a couple drives later on the, lar- on the long, um, 63-yard run, 
Uh, it was just a simple power play. Uh, we had a puller come around. Um, you know, he kicked out, uh, read it, went up, hit it, hit it up inside. Uh, you know, try to get as, min as much yards as I as I could. Uh, ran it back to Chris. Uh, Chris was engaged. Um, you know, and the uh, I believe the uh, the puller actually who he pulled around for. Uh, he was still engaged on his man, and so I was. I, I ran into the back of Chris, and then, you know, I, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm not down yet, so, so why don't I just keep on running?" So, went out today. I broke it to the outside, and uh, you know, broke it to the sideline. Um, you know, receivers did a great job. You know, blocking downfield as well. You know, anytime, you know, we talk about all the time, really, as a coaching staff and also uh, as running backs. You know, anytime, you know, you break a long run and you get it to the, you know. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and et cetera, and so on and so forth. Uh, you're talking about, you know, receivers blocking down the field. So that was very uh, crucial um, yesterday in, in the game, I thought. And, uh, you know, they did a great job. And, you know, I just then from then on, you know, the rest is the rest is easy. Uh, just run away from everybody. And, uh, fortunately, uh, we were able to do that yesterday. And now with 189 yards in that game, you continue to move up the, the season rushing uh, record list in terms of uh, rushing yards in a season. You are now at 1,364, and you're 113 away from the school single-season record. Is this the first you've heard of this, or is it something that's been on your mind? Is it something you've been chasing at all? Uh, you know, not going to lie. Uh, you know, when I came here, um, the first thing I looked at was the rushing records. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I looked at was the uh, the rushing records. I was going to go to UConn, but it was like eighteen hundred <laughs> yards. That's slightly more than I thought I'd get. Yeah, because you know I've always been one to uh, you know shoot shoot for the moon. So um you know <laughs> like for the term. So I get, came here. I looked at the rushing records for the season there for a career, and I was like, okay, well you know it's definitely doable. You know if I come here, um you know do what I got to do, then you know those are definitely uh within grasp. I feel like. And uh, you know, before the season, um, you know, when 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 there was a coaches change, and uh, you know, they decided to move me back to running back, which I'm very very grateful for. Um, you know, I was like, all right, cool. You know, let's 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 do this. Let's get it. And, you know, this is this is what you practice for, it's what you train for. So let's go. And uh, so you know, um, and it was it was always something in the back of my mind. But I've always you know been a team guy. Uh, but you know, as well as being a team guy, um, you know, I always try to you know put my best foot forward. Uh, always try to always try to produce for my teammates. And uh, you know, and um, just try and play as best as I possibly can, and by that, you know, that means you know going out there, um, and doing doing what's expected of you. You know, making plays, making big plays. You know, that's why you're out there. So, you know, I always had that in the back of my mind. But also, I know that you know with with those yards, I believe you know come the wins because you know when we're getting that type of yardage and you know we're controlling the line of scrimmage, and that means you know that means we're pretty much having our way with the defense, and that can only mean a positive outcome. So it's it's pretty much uh, goes hand in hand. Jake, did, did you look at any records before you came here? No? No, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Carl, Carlton was my host on my official visit, so he he, uh, he sealed the deal for me. I didn't have to look at any yeah, records. Shout out, sh shout out to Jake. Yeah. In Indiana. So, shout, out, shout out to Jake. Portage, Portage <laughs> Indiana, shout out. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, and I, I guess that leads me to what brought you all the way to New York. Carlton obviously <laughs> went, to, went to Hofstra before he came here, but Indiana is a long way to come to play football. What brought you all the way here? Uh, it's honestly a pretty like funny story. I'm I'm nothing but grateful, honestly, for this opportunity. And uh, uh, former coach coach uh, Turner Pugh that was here was a running backs coach. He uh, I got a call. He called my head coach like a went one Wednesday during the year, and you know said, hey, you know, can I talk to Jake? And so you know put me on the phone, and he goes, you know, I was sitting up. <laughs> I was awake last night, you know, looking up looking up videos of players recruiting and looking up YouTube videos and 
you know, I was kind of tired, and he said he put mine on, and he said, man, I woke right up, and, man, I loved your tape, blah, 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 this and that. So, I mean, so then, you know, that next, I think that next week, uh, the former coach, Coach Masella, actually came on a house visit because he was going to be, he was already in uh, Illinois visiting two other signees. So he just came on over. I guess I was, like, kind of the guy who came <laughs> <check> out. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I mean, he offered me there at my house and said, you know, I'm not, you know, don't make anything final so you come out for a visit. Came for the visit, and uh, honestly, our freshman class has, you know, gelled r- real well. You know, I got, you know, tons of best friends, tons of, you know, my roommates, all of them. So, uh, I mean, it's nothing but a great situation. I'm Like I said, I'm more than grateful for it, and, you know, I don't, like I I mean, I'm here, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and that's right, Mrs. Dixon. He has many friends. <laughs> yep, he does have friends. <laughs> uh, now, of course, you you mentioned there, interestingly enough, that, that the running backs coach was, was kind of following you a little bit. Was was that the position that you originally recruited to come and play? Uh, I think it was more so of like type of a, an athlete, really. Um, I mean, I had talked to Coach Pugh. He said, you know, we didn't know if, we wanted me to, or if they wanted me to be a DB, a safety, or a running back yet, or even, you know, a slot receiver, which, I mean, I was open for anything. Like I told them, you know, whatever can get me on the field, you know, the soonest, or wherever I could be the most productive, you know, I'll do. And, uh, I mean, I don't know, it just hap- just so happened that, you know, I played safety with, you know, Coach Carey being my positions coach, and, uh, you know, the rest is history, just trying to, trying to do good things for the team, so... <laughs> course getting on the field to the tune of 49 tackles this year a couple tackles for a loss and of course a pick a week ago now let's look forward we're gonna keep talking talking with coach Moorhead here in a moment about it but in terms of Colgate they've already won the Patriot League you already played a team you thought would be in the running and of course they were Lehigh Mm -hmm. and uh, when you you were all the way with them uh, at their place what are your expectations we'll start with Carlton for this game Colgate coming to your place for your last game Right. Uh, our expectations is, you know, is nothing less than a win. Um, you know, we understand, you know, they're hot right now. Uh, we understand that they're a playoff team. They already clinched. Um, but, you know, that means nothing to us. We're going to go in there. Uh, you know, we don't care who, what team we're playing. And, you know, we're undefeated at home right now. Uh, so, you know, we have that going for us. And uh, we're going to go in there expecting a win. Um, you know, it's our last game. We don't, we're not holding anything back. Uh, we have nothing to lose. Uh, you know, for the, it's senior day, uh, you know, so, you know, we're going to go out there. We're not holding anything back. Uh, guys are going to give it their all. They're going to leave everything out there on the field. And, uh, you know, so Colgate can expect our best game, you know. So that's what, uh, that's what we can expect on Saturday. Jake, what are you looking to do on, on Saturday here with Colgate coming to town? Uh, I mean, like Carlton said, you know, nothing, nothing short of a win. You know, that's the expectation. And, uh, you know, I know their offense is, you know, good. Their offense is great. I, I think Coach mentioned they were, like, third in the in the yeah. whole country and whatever total offense. But, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's just going to be assignment football. You know, you just got to read your keys. You just, you know, do 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 what we know how to do and just play how we know how to play. And, uh, you know, we got great, great uh, players on offense. You know, with Carlton, you know, my boy Wetzel. Shout out to him, by the your way. Your boy. <laughs> yeah, the roommate Wetzel. Uh <laughs> You know, Higgins, you know, we got playmakers for days on offense. And, I mean, honestly, that, that makes us feel more comfortable knowing we don't have to go out and, you know, shut teams out to, to, to you know, get a victory. But, you know, like I said, this senior class deserves nothing more than to uh, be put out on the right foot and go out as winners. So, I mean, 7-4. and four. I mean, we already got the winning record at, at 6-4, and four, but, I mean, 7-4 sounds a lot better. So, uh, just like I said, hoping to get a win out there. 
Of course, Carlton, we mentioned that in our bump in the cafeteria. We, we spoke for a moment <laughs> about how much better 7-4 and four sounds right. than the right. alternatives. But uh, I'll, I'll uh, finish this off here with this. Jake, you were running back in high school. Have you carried the ball at all at, at practice? And if you have, Carlton... Tell him what he needs to do to be a better running back. Hey, uh, Jake, yeah, go ahead. We, we'll start with you. Have you carried the carried the the rock at all? There was there was a time we had probably like three or four dudes hurt on the kickoff return, so I guess I was just kind of thrown in there to be there <laughs> to do it. So, I mean, needless to say, I think I did a pretty good job. I mean, obviously not good enough because I was kicked <laughs> off the next day. So, but no, other than that, no. I mean, besides you know picking balls off and running with them for about five yards but no so, i mean please carlton tell, do you have any criticism of, no. of his hey hey let me tell you let me tell you seriously as if anybody has seen jake with the ball in his hands i'm telling you he is a dangerous man he is uh, no no lie he is fast and he actually knows what to do when he has a rock in his hand i'm telling you i've seen his highlight tape and i've seen his speed i'm telling you did he, it wake you up it, it, oh, it, oh, were you asleep and you woke up when you saw that? <laughs> like, like, because you know, because you know how you know dudes come in. Oh, oh you take on my highlight tape. You know, I'm like, all right, man, whatever. So, <laughs> so I'm looking, but but so I'm looking at it, and I saw the one, I saw the one play. I'm like, oh, like he kind of fast. And, and then I saw that I saw the next play, and I was like, okay, he got some moves too. Okay, so I mean, I, I mean, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good with the ball. So you know, he's uh, I don't think he needs any um any lessons for me so <laughs> fair enough well hey there's a position open perhaps next year you never know uh, senior <laughs> senior tailback carlton Kuntz and sophomore safety and potential running back who knows jake dixon <laughs> thanks for coming on guys thanks, right, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us <laughs> back with fordham head coach joe moorhead to preview the final game of the season can you believe that you've already gone all this way already no, it's, it's definitely gone quick we're uh you know, it seems like we just went into camp, you know, yesterday, and now now the you know final game is creeping up on us. So it, it definitely went by fast. Colgate is your final opponent. We played Lehigh earlier in the year and and thought maybe they they would be the Patriot League champion. Turns out that won't be the case. Colgate beating them a week ago defeated them, uh, but they also picked up over sixty points against Lafayette. So tell me, what exactly is Colgate's strong suit? Or are they just strong all over? Well, they really kind of hit their stride. I'm not sure if it's six or seven in a row they won, but you know it all starts with their with their offense and you know Gavin McCarney and, and Jordan McCord they're kind of a one-two punch there. I believe they both average over 100 yards a game rushing. Uh, McCarney does a good job throwing the ball. They got two big receivers, and you know that massive line up front that they have does a good job paving the way. So you know they they're third in the country in total offense. So you've you know. We got to find a way to stop them. You know, got to find a way to get them behind the chains, get them into passing situations, and uh, you know, you know, I don't know if you're going to stop the run, but we've got we got to definitely slow it down. And much of the year we've talked about how yards really aren't the best way to judge a defense. It's about points, but it seems like this Colgate team really racks up both. Uh, are, are you really looking to try and and get bring that yardage number down this week or is it still all about the the points on the scoreboard it'll be about the points and hopefully hopefully the the two numbers go hand in hand that you know the less points we hold them to the less yardage they'll have but you always you always take the low point total over the yardage total so uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge you know i have the utmost respect for coach bill and his staff they do an unbelievable job dan hunt the offensive coordinator and you know it's it's it'll be a great challenge in terms of the rushing, obviously you talked about that. You touched on it earlier, but they've got two outstanding runners. One, obviously, uh, 
You know, Gavin McCarney, who's who's rushed for over 1,200 yards, he's averaging 7.5 yards a carry. Jordan McCord, the other, he's got almost 300 carries. Is there a magic formula to slowing them down? Is there is there something in your back pocket? Well, we're we're gonna you know just starting our game prep now. We're gonna we're gonna take a peek at it. Uh, you know, the things that makes it difficult is in, in their in the read offense that they run. They, you know, a lot of teams just traditionally read the, the backside end, read the five technique. They read the five technique. They read the three technique. They'll read second level defenders and you know to to the point of attack, away from the point of attack, and they they. You know, when, when your quarterback's as much of a running threat as your as your tailback, it really makes it a difficult proposition. And in terms of the defense for this Colgate team, it's Patrick Friel and everybody else on the on the stat sheet. Four and a half sacks, six and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, what what exactly do you see when you look at him? Uh, I see really kind of he he's the kind of guy that they have on their defense blue collar hard working guys that really get after it you know they they mix up their fronts and their coverages uh you know they'll play some zone some man but you know the big thing about them is how hard they play how they try to get 11, 11 guys to the ball on every snap and you know you just you know you got to be on top of it just like their offense because they're going to give you a variety of looks and you know they're going to really challenge you offensively with your with your blocking schemes and your and your pass routes now in terms of your team Nick Womack came out with a shoulder injury Mike Martin missed the game a week ago. Who's going to be healthy for this one? Is there someone who's going to be a game time decision at this point? You know, out of all the guys that you mentioned, Mike's still day to day, so we're we're taking it one day at a time with him and you know seeing how he feels and hopefully um you know hopefully he'll have himself ready to go by game time. And when you look at Colgate, it, do you consider that you have a significant advantage playing this at home in front of a home crowd, or do you think that essentially this is not it? You just need to focus on the game at hand rather than the crowd and stands. No, we'll take we'll take as many home games as we can get. I mean, we're we're undefeated at home. You know, if we're able to, you know, get the job done, this will be the first undefeated season at home since 1970. And we've talked to our kids about that, and the fan support was unbelievable at the game. I think our guys really fed off of the energy of the crowd. The student section was awesome. So, you know, we um, you know, hopefully we can keep our streak alive at home, and uh, you know, it'll. It'll, it'll be, it's going to be a tough contest, but our guys are excited about it, and, uh, and we're going to have a great week of preparation. And, Coach, there's one guy on Colgate that I want to mention. I want to see if you have any ideas. Uh, he's got 25 tackles this year, and his name is Michael Watts. Are you concerned about him? <laughs> and, and it's not me, of course, the other Michael Watts. <laughs> Certainly concerned about him. We're, we're going to have to find out where that guy is in the California at all times. I'm going to assume there's no way to stop him. An unstoppable force, but, uh, of course, again, not me. Coach, Thanks for coming on, and we look forward to having you on again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to head coach Joe Moorhead, defensive line coach Peter McCarty, safety Jake Dixon, and running back Carlton Koontz. Next week on Monday Night Quarterback, we'll look back at the season finale against Colgate. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches and then go inside the huddle with some of the players. Until then, for producer-engineer Eric Mallow, I'm Mike Watts. Enjoy your week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports.